Hey everyone, Justin here with HuntLink by Serviceside. Uh, been a little while since we've uh, put an episode out, just a lot of hunting. Uh, everyone knows that down here in the south we're still, we usually light up um, after Christmas up until, um, you know, up into Spring Gobbler and, and then we close off in May. But uh, been super busy, but have a awesome guest. Um, I've actually been wanting to get this guest on here for a minute and our schedules aligned, um, had a small break in show season, so we were able to make it happen. But I'm joined on the mic by Pat Newcomb of Newcomb Blinds. What's going on, Pat? Hey, Justin, I appreciate it. And thanks for having me. I'm uh, pretty excited to be on your podcast today. Awesome, man. Well, if you haven't seen them yet, check it out, Newcomb Blinds. And, um, you know, I'm not going to take up uh, a ton of this time here talking about it because obviously I'm not versed in it. So I'm gonna let Pat do it. Um, but Pat, tell us a little bit more about this product here. Um, I've been seeing it all over the place. Um, I actually had a, a member come to one of our hunt links this weekend and he um, brought one and was actually using it. And I was telling him me and you were doing this podcast. He was super excited. He's like, I can't wait to listen to it. And I'm like, awesome. So it's definitely gaining some traction. So we're like, we got to get you on here talk a little bit about it, um, but we're going to go a little bit more into it. We're going to talk about how you can use it for this turkey season. So, Pat, I'm going to let you take it away. How did you uh, begin this? I know it's you know it started through family, but how did you begin this? Um, and uh, kind of tell us a little bit more about what you have going on with it. Yeah, so for those of you that haven't seen the blind, I'll give you a quick visual before we start talking about it. But it's it's a triangle-shaped blind, and it's if you picture a teepee cut in half from the top down, um, it's a half a teepee. So it's more or less a screen out in front of you. It's not your typical four-sided blind with a roof. And it's designed, you know, for the on-the-go hunter. Um, of course, you can sit behind it all day, but it's 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 a different style of hunting. And it's created because that's the kind of hunter I am. Um, I live in, in western North Carolina. I'm in the mountains. I travel quite a bit to hunt. But when I'm hunting, uh, turkey hunting is my passion. I mean, it's... I'm a turkey hunter that hunts everything else because it's not turkey season. <laughs> um, so, you know, naturally, if you, if you hunt a lot turkey season, you're on the move. And I needed a product that was, I wanted lightweight, I wanted compact, and I wanted something that you could just pick up and go with. Um, most hunters that I talk to, you know, everybody that, that sees this blind has said, man, I've been thinking about something like this because – we've all done it. We've all had the stakes in front of us with the screen. And when you want to pick up and go, you just can't, you know, in a, in a hurry. So it was a process and a lot of trial and error on my part. And once we, we got the concept of what we wanted, you know, we ran with it and very excited. We hit the market right at three years ago now. So it's gaining some traction. I love hearing that, you know, you, you met a guy this week that's got it and he had it out in the woods and I think you guys were deer hunting, right? Uh, we were actually hog, small game, but hogs included in that. So we were hunting everything but deer, yeah. Gotcha, because that's where I was going with it. Is I, I developed this, you know, as a turkey hunter and and then realized how much you can actually use it for. So we, we sold to more deer hunters the first season than we did turkey hunters. And then it, it, it's grown into, hey, can I use this for, for hog hunting and, and dove hunting? So we've actually came out with a lot of different products and um, patterns, I should say, but we just launched some new products as well to actually push us even more into the into the different game people hunt, including waterfowl now. 
Yeah, I, you know, it's funny how that happens sometimes. You kind of make it for one reason, and then it can spin into a million other reasons. I, you know, I was looking at it. We had talked before, and, and I definitely want to get one. Um, I was never huge into blind hunting. Um, in Florida, we have a, a ton of uh, vegetation and plenty of spots to hide in a sense. And um, being in a tree is okay, but I'll be honest with you, I got a lot of spots I like to be on the ground. And, uh, you know, seeing something like this, I'm like, wow, that's pretty mobile. I've done the sticks in the, you know, $25 mesh net before two and i'm like this is annoying especially turkey hunting um you know because you might need to move just two trees you know so um, i knew i liked you when we started talking because uh, i'm actually a big turkey hunter myself so um i was like huh turkey hunters typically click with each other um but so as far as like how you came up with this i know you said that you know going out there and kind of doing it but this is something that you kind of took an idea that you had and made it into like an actual product that can be sold i know y'all were previously I, I i know looking at your backstory you kind of did some tweaks and things like that was that to just make it more mobile yeah so you know when you play with enough products on the market and you just can't find what you like once i figured out the, the design of this as far as the triangle shape something that will stand on its own that you don't have to stake down and you can pick it up and move it in literally a second then it came to the point of okay how do i make this more and more mobile um because originally when i designed it when it broke down it was just in the what we call the one pole breakdown form so if you drop the center pole and roll it up it's similar to a walking stick in the woods oh. and that's how i carry it on a on a once I'm in the woods, when I'm uh, when I'm moving, like you said, two trees or 400 yards, I'm rolling it up and carrying it. Well, then I needed it to break down for travel, right? So if you wanted to travel across the country, if you wanted to backpack out in the woods, then we then made it fold in half. And it now breaks down into a nice little carry bag, similar to like you'd find your fold-out chair in. And it only weighs three pounds, so it's nice and compact. And you can throw it in the vest, throw it on a bike whatever but um you know it was a lot of it was a lot of trial and error and there wasn't even the thought of i'm going to create a company and start selling blinds at first it was i wanted to make this for me and once i made it then we started looking into the the process of okay what does it take to get a utility patent on a product and i just kind of fell down that rabbit hole and four or five years later of finally getting a full utility patent then it was, well, we've got a patent, we've got a product, let's share it with the market and let's get this thing out here and get everybody hunting with it. You know, in looking through your products, obviously I see you have, you know, the type of camo that most people are going to want. Um, you know, I see that you had bottomlands and mossy oak and it looks like, uh, what is that? Is that real tree? No. So it's actually, the company started with true timber. Oh, okay. um, so it's the True Timber Strata and the HTC Green. And to give you a visual, it's pretty much the, the, the camo of Bass Pro and Cabela's. Um, gotcha. that's, that's the True Timber camo. And then very early on, we wanted to be with, with Mossy Oak uh, and Realtree. And we just, as a, as a small company, they don't just pick up the phone and sign with anybody. Right. So it actually happened at my very first trade show, though, at the NWTF uh, three years ago. I, I licensed with Mossy Oak right there on the spot and they wanted, they said, Hey, we need to be on this blind. And of course we wanted Mossy Oak on there. So we quickly developed from a two pattern company to then adding Mossy Oak 
And with that first edition, we also sell our blinds in two different sizes. So it, we, we launched it in what I call the regular size, which is ideal for sitting on the ground to a low profile chair. And that being said, you adjust the height of the windows of our blind based on the width of it. So you can sit at different levels. Well, very early on, we had a lot of hunters coming up to us that can no longer sit that low on the ground or prefer to sit in a chair while they're deer hunting. So that's where we launched the XL blind. So the XL, you can sit in more of your standard uh, height chair, but also spread that blind down and sit on the ground with it. Oh, so within the... Yeah, so within the first year, we launched Mossy Oak with new patterns. We launched company-wide the XL blind as well. Oh, that's solid. I, I really like that. I mean, that's really listening to, you know, your customers and stuff. And, and I've always seen uh, companies that are starting, I mean, three years, you're you're running really well, um, especially considering it's it's spreading. I mean, I've been seeing it all over the place even before we had set this up. So I know it wasn't just my algorithm kicking in, but I guess, you know, just going off things I like, turkey hunting, um, blinds and things like that. But um Mossy Oak, you know, we're also partnering with Mossy Oak, great company. Um, we've been with them for many years. And like you said, they, when they see something good, they, they're like, Hey, this is good. You know, that's when you kind of know you got something, I think. Um, but, um, let's talk a little bit about this, uh, how you can make it bigger. I was seeing that you made an attachment where you can actually make a almost double system. Yeah. So basically when you say double system, if, for the listeners, if you're to picture a panel blind per se, um, it, it all started with when multiple hunters were hunting with our blinds, our blinds are ideal for a single hunter. So when you're out there with two hunters and you sit side by side, you could overlap the edges of our blinds and move them as close or as far apart as you'd like from each other. Well, that created an open, an open area in the middle. Um, it was kind of V shaped and, it was great. You can shoot around the blinds, you can shoot through the windows, but that open V was a big enough area, depending how you were sitting that I figured we should cover it. So we came up with what we call the double up panel. So you can have a whole double up system with where you put two blinds side by side, throw this panel on and you're carrying seven, eight pounds in the woods with two blinds in the panel. And you can set the whole thing up in about a minute and a half. If you practice with it a few times. So it's a, it's a lightweight mobile panel, uh, double up system that on the regular size, you get nine feet wide, the, the XL spread out to over 11 feet wide. So you get a lot of coverage for very little weight. No, that's all. I like too, that you have the 3d, I think the 3d's, uh, you know, it's almost brushing itself in. <clears throat> yeah. So it, that's been a hit. You know, we just started, started selling them in January of this year and, I tell you, they're taking off. That's what's that's what's selling right now, big time. And it's it's that extra 3D effect in the woods that is great. Especially I hunted with them last year, and especially with the whitetail. I mean, it has literally made the made it where the deer don't even see these blinds. Um, we we hunted deer out in Oklahoma this year in the middle of cut wheat fields and had great success with deer at close range. That they virtually don't even see the blind. It's pretty cool. You know, one thing I've, uh, it's like with animals evolving, it's like they get acclimated or they, you know, obviously get spooked from things, but it reminds me of almost the e-bike and, and where I'm going with this is when the e-bike kind of first came onto the scene, deer were like, what? Or, you know, even turkeys, hogs, everything. If you were riding an e-bike on the road, they were super confused, didn't know what was going on. Um, and 
you know, they would sit there in a sense or not bolt off or get spooked. And with something like this, it's almost too like if they do happen to see it for whatever reason, the angle, the lighting, et cetera, shadow, um, you know, they're like, well, wait a minute, you know, that, that does look like timber that's been blown up or, um, you know, a, a deadfall or something like that. Well, I think as much of it, you know, that, but as well as, the way these things sit in the woods as far as the Nukem blind is it's, it really is low profile and the way it tapers. If you put it up against a tree or whatever, it just, it blends in. Um, so I don't even think they see it as much as anything, you know, especially compared to your big, your big hub blinds. Anybody that hunts out of those knows you better put it in the woods a month before you plan on sitting in it. <laughs> yeah. And they say they let the deer get used to it. Right. But, if you look at that theory, then how many times have you killed a deer from a tree stand or on the ground and you've never seen that deer on camera on your property? So you're letting the deer around you get used to it, but but what's that got to do with the deer that are coming in there for the first time during the rut? No, that's a good way to, that's a, definitely a good way to look at it for sure. And, and great thing about this podcast is we actually had changed our name. It used to be the White Tail Theories podcast and the rabbit holes we could go down with this. Because looking at it, that taper is, I mean, that's that's pretty solid. And, and looking at those square blinds, you know, you can obviously tell that there's a, a new added structure, the way they're all designed. So, and I see you also have a snow goose cover, which I know right now everyone's snow goose hunting. Uh, did you get many people that got that this year? Yeah, so that there again, I listened to the market and over the first couple of years working all these shows, you know, we're getting around the country. So I'm in the south, I'm up north, I'm in the Midwest, we're getting all around. And there's a lot of people that, hey, you got anything for, uh, you got anything for snow? You got anything for snow? And I kind of asked around, I said, would you guys prefer it, you know, with, with a breakup in it? Would you prefer it solid white? And pretty much everybody, you know, for the majority was saying solid white, but give them the option just like on our other blinds where you can tuck some brush in it if you'd like. So we came out with that. The one thing that we did not do that in yet, it's just a quick cover. So it, it'll go over your regular blind. The XLs will go over the XL and it slips on and all functions work the same. Uh, and, and down the pipe, I'm going to have to add on the double up panel now in snow. So we have sold quite a few snow covers, especially when I was up in Harrisburg for the great American show. But um, a lot of people are really wishing I had it in the double-up system. So we'll be adding a panel in, in the future with our next order for sure. Gosh, man, what a, what a hit. I'm, you've got me. I was like had to stop myself real quick because I'm over here looking at the website and I'm already filling up a cart. But I, um, you know, I'm a big mobile hunter myself and seeing something like this, you know, we know how it's changing, especially you got saddle hunting. People are just trying to be a lot more mobile, a lot more light. And being able to take this in as literally your walking stick um, in a sense, and, and added three pounds isn't, isn't bad at all. It's definitely a solid, solid system. Now, um, we got turkey season coming up. Um, bow hunting turkey is actually, I think, starting to really pick up. Um, and something like this, I know as a bow hunter and as a turkey hunter, I typically don't mix the two. I enjoy, you know, shooting a turkey with a shotgun. But um, I know a lot of people do like to bow hunt, and I know a blind is... I mean, really, unless you sneak up on them, the, the chances of success, you really need a blind for for most of the time, at least most of the people that I know are successful with it. And it looks like you have the space that you can also utilize a bow in, in it, too. Yeah, so let's give a visual here, right? When you're, when you're turkey hunting, unless you're sitting in your big blinds, 
Well, let's let's start with in your big blind, okay? So if you're in the big traditional blind, when you get drew back with a bow, obviously you have a, a, a shooting window to shoot through. But as soon as you scan right or left, you've got a solid minimum 9-inch to 12-inch piece of fabric right there. And anybody that's ever bow hunted from these hub blinds knows at some point or another, you're going to have a dead spot that you can't shoot. You need, that's the spot you have to take the shot. So that's an inconvenience to the big blinds. Now there's, there's something for everybody everywhere. And I agree. Hey, if you, if you're a hub style, big blind guy hunt from it. But what we're giving you is the, is the option to now get out in the field and get mobile. And now you have a blind that when people look at this, how do you bow hunt from it? How do you sit from it? How do you hunt with a shotgun from it? The biggest question we get is that push it out in front of you. I have this thing at minimum a full arm's length in front of me and I'm using it more of a screen in the woods than I am a blind. I don't sit in it. I sit back from it. When you sit back from it, now you have seven feet wide of coverage in front of you and you're not only shooting through the windows you're shooting off the sides so for a bow hunter especially we're allowing you get to get the full draw now when you pull up to shoot you don't have those dead spots you have a pole on each side but you're shooting off the sides as well as through the windows so there's no more big bulky dead spots in your way in other words you know, I mean, in the way it looks like you, you have it angled, too, if you did need to quickly adjust it, it's it's very easily adjustable, you know, without yeah, causing you know, ruckus. And what I, what I tell people is, well, like you said, you have an angle. Like, you sit at different heights. Everybody sits different in the woods. Some days I might have the blind put on my left side because that's the open spot. Or sometimes it's on my right side, on my blind side, because I can't see back there. And now I'm just wanting to cover that because I can pull up and shoot in front of me. So... The options are endless. I've used it for just a windbreak. I mean, it, it all just depends on what you're doing. But, yes, it's very mobile. It's very quick and easy. You can you can move it at a moment's notice. When that turkey gobbles back behind you and he's not here yet, everybody's had it happen, throw that blind, spin around the tree, and get ready. Um, you, can, you can pick it up and move it. You can drop it down to the one-pole breakdown, and now you're walking through the woods in three seconds. It takes you longer to put your calls in your pack than it does to fold your blind up. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna change the game right there. Are you? I know you're right now. You're mid show season. Are is show season going pretty well? I mean, do you have a lot of people getting? Are you? I guess drumming up a good amount of interest, just from yeah, a personal so, standpoint. Yeah, so we do these trade shows for a couple reasons. You know, we're out educating the market. Um, you know, the first couple of years, each year I did. 14 to 17 shows so you're getting out there in a lot of different areas like i said educating the market showing them how mobile this blind is and all the different uses of it but now that we've been around and we're hitting some of the same cities i've got customers coming up to me telling me how much they love it and they're bringing their buddies by to get them a blind or now they're coming up and seeing hey we got new products and 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 they're they're getting more so it's we're having fun with it. You know, we're, we're getting around, we're, we're talking hunting every single weekend somewhere. Um, and we're getting fired up for Turkey season. I got three or four more shows and, and we're hitting the woods. 
Nice, nice. I, I, well, that's a great segue into talking a little bit of turkey. Um, you know, I wanted to obviously talk about the blinds and things like that, but you being a turkey hunter and then obviously turkey season coming in, uh, we'd love to kind of uh, dab on that a little bit. Are you, um, do you, where are you going? Are you hitting a few states? Are you staying home? So, yeah, I'm traveling, um, but between show season and hunting season last year, I really overdid it with the family with me being gone. Um, I did a lot of shows and then I turned right around and I, I went and did a single season Royal slam last year. So that's all four us plus the gold in Mexico. So I was gone a lot last year and I, I told everybody, Hey, I'll take it a little easier this year. I got, I got some people coming to me, uh, which I'm pretty excited about some people I've met in the industry and, um, so they're coming to me to run around North Carolina, but, um, I'm doing some traveling. I'm my pre my daughter, Presley, um, she's 12 and she is, she's a turkey hunter. I mean, she absolutely gets it, loves it and is good at it. So her and I are headed down to Mexico first week in April and we're going after the oscillated turkey. Nice. Um, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that one. That's the one that looks like a peacock. If you're not familiar, um, and then I got a, I got a couple, you know, hunts not too far from here, a couple, you know, three, four day hunts I'm going to be on. But for the most part, I'm staying local and I get my birds. And I, I also have developed into over the years, one of the, the best things that, that I live for is taking other people out in the woods. And it's whether it be kids or adults, it's a lot of more people that are a little bit unexperienced with turkey hunting. And I'm kind of educating them. But, but letting them get out there and get in the woods and get a bird as well. You know, and that's where I kind of felt like a, a lot of our values align just from uh, looking from the outside in. You know, I – uh, you know, I looked a little bit more into the company and, and things like that. And I obviously talked to a few people and, and it seemed like we had a, a lot of values with that because that's something that we enjoy here, me personally, and us here as, as a company at service side, we, we call them our hunt links, but getting new people out there, getting people, you know how many people are like, I've never killed a turkey. And I'm like, wow, you deer hunt all the time. And they're like, yeah, I just never went after one. I'd like to learn. I like to do it. And obviously we both know that you never stop learning. Um, if you do, um, there's probably an issue somewhere, but it's just a continuous, you know, educating different scenarios, all that stuff. But um, absolutely love getting people out uh, for turkey season. I host two here minimum every year, and it's so easy to overdo it. I did the same thing last year. Told my wife we're getting married this year. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta slow down. She, you know, she obviously it puts a huge hurt on the family because people think you work in the hunting industry, all you do is hunt, and it's actually all you do is work, and then you have to slip in the hunting too. And we have families and and other responsibilities too. So, um, definitely easy to to overdo it. Um, I did the same thing last year. I was getting off a plane, going to a wedding, leaving the wedding early, going to a hunt. You know, it was just nonstop and super easy to overdo, but. When you have a passion, it's, you know, it's really hard to put the brakes on. It is. And, you know, when, when you talk about new hunters or just, just hunters in general, you know, a lot of people think about turkey hunting as I go out in the morning and they're gobbling and, and we're going to kill a bird first thing. And that's where you got to really educate people that, that haven't killed a lot of turkeys or haven't turkey hunted a lot where, you know, you're going to kill some birds right off the roost. But it's usually if you get lucky and you're set up real close to them or you've done your homework and you know where the roost is at and you get in tight with them. But most of your first timers or, or people that haven't turkey hunted a lot, they're leaving the woods before it even gets to be prime time. Yes, sir. Um, you know, 
I call it the 10 o'clock gobble. I'm on Eastern Standard Time. When you hunt in some different time of zones, it might be 9 o'clock or whatever. But that second gobble of the morning is is when it really starts to heat up because that, that gobbler's now left the hens that he's he's already bred, and he's looking for more. So that's when, to me, from 10 to 1 is the best time to turkey hunt in the woods. And, you know, we're all-day hunters. When we go out, unless I've got a work commitment or something I have to get out for, when we pack in for turkey season, we're, we're in the woods from daylight till dark. And mm-hmm. if we don't get one that day, we're roosting them and we're preparing for the next day. And that's, yep. that's a lot of what it is when you're taking new, new people out is educate them. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I'm actually, you're probably, I've had many of people on here, many turkey hunters and, um, you know, you're actually the first one to bring that up. We do the same thing here. When people come down here, I give them the, the spiel of, Hey, Florida there's bugs it's hot it's gonna suck drink water all day etc cetera, etc cetera. but we hunt from dark to dark because if you want the most chances for success if you want to come down eat breakfast in the morning maybe hear a bird not kill anything and you just want to enjoy being in Florida that's great you can do that but if you're going turkey hunting you gotta it's work we're clocking in we're clocking out and um, that's the best way to do it i've had people that have killed it the first day three hours after they got here that morning no sleep i've had other people that on the last day after their second time coming down here we got it done um you know we hunt public land birds highly pressured that's our favorite thing to do um and uh the the, the challenge and people come from all over the country to do it and we're the only place that offers that which is great um but there's a ton of birds here and they 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 know how to win too. They you know I feel like it's a it's a good fifty fifty shot. The animal's not completely up against the wall. I've watched birds jump out of a roost after people leave a parking lot, and I'm sitting in my truck and I've literally watched birds jump out at the parking lot, walk through the parking lot, and then go on the other side of the road. And I'm sitting here like, man, there's ten trucks here, and they're all sitting in there waiting on that bird that just left. But um, well, that's right. That's and, what it's and all about. Birds are, you know. They're getting more educated because the turkey hunting community has has grown tenfold over the last few years. And not only that, but now you've got people wanting to complete slams. You've got people mm-hmm. wanting to kill one in every state. So the traveling for turkey hunting has really grown. Well, when you say pressured birds, it's very rare you can go somewhere nowadays and the birds aren't pressured. True. So it adds a whole new aspect to hunting and that's, you know, that's where Newcomb blinds really comes in, in my opinion, because how many times have you sat in one spot and called a bird? And there's a reason we don't hunt them with a rifle, right? Because everybody can get a bird at 90 yards right. or a hundred yards. And that bird comes in and now he's not, he's not going to close the distance with you. Well, the one of my favorite things to tell somebody that, that doesn't Turkey hunt a lot or sits in one spot is, you know, you have to show that bird you're real too. So like you mentioned earlier, sometimes it takes moving two trees or three trees or 20 yards. So you pick up, you move 15, 20 yards and you sit back down. What you just did was let that turkey know that I moved. Well, what's that tell him right there, right? You're alive. You're not just sitting in one spot calling. And sometimes you got to move a half mile. Sometimes you got to move 20 yards, but I'm like you that I'll lock in on a single Turkey. You know, I've many times been working a bird and had one gobble off in the distance in another direction that you could probably move on and kill, but I hold a vendetta against them sometimes. And and I want (laughs) that certain Turkey. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I'm the, I'm I'm like that too. Um, people come down here. I always give them the the overview when they do come and hunt with me. But I like to tell them like, hey, um, we're we're probably gonna hunt one bird, and we might hear a bunch more. But unless I'm really up against the wall, we're not. We're gonna continue after this bird, and it's just like hunting deer. I I even name them half the time. So people are like, that's probably not the same bird. I'm like, you're probably right, but to me, it seems like it's so. You know, it's and, until the next morning and you go out and he's in that same tree and you're like, yeah, I got the wrong one. But yeah. that gives us today to hunt the, that one you've been trying for, you know? Oh, I love it, man. <laughs> I, I, I get more obsessed with it every year and I've been getting a little bit more into, um, pig hunting because it's a great warm up for run and gun turkey hunting. I recently got into it because a good pig hunter, you can sit over bait and use scents and lures and all this other stuff. Like that's always gonna pretty much work when they get acclimated to the area and stuff like that. And but when you get out there and on public land, you can spot and stalk. And a lot of these WMAs here only open for a weekend or two at the end of season. So a little tidbit if you're listening, uh, tell your friends. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's always first come first serve. But um, a lot of people don't know about it. No one's ever going to know more than the local. And there's so many WMAs out there that'll just do these weekend hunts for small game. And I've come to find out that it's like the best um, warm up for turkey hunting because you are spotting, stalking. Now you're not calling and things like that. The birds are calling. I heard so many gobbles this weekend. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so ready for season now. But um, even jumped up a hen that was five feet from me. I looked around. I thought right. she was on a nest. I was like, she had to have been on a nest here. And I didn't see nothing. I think she seen me and tried to hide, and I kept getting closer. Um, but uh, it was awesome, man. I, I got to hear the gobblers, but I found out that not only does it get you excited, but it, it's a good way to, to get out there and, and warm up because you're almost hunting them the exact same. At least the way I'm hunting hogs, I'm hunting them like turkey. Same with deer. I don't I do not do many long day sits in the stand. I'm usually a stand, then spot and stalk, then maybe stand in the evening. But Well, now you got that first gobble of the season, man, and that, that really gets your heart pumping. And I mean, you guys are less than a month of turkey season now, so – You'll be cranking off here pretty soon. Yeah, they're not I, even gobbling here yet. No, oh, they're, we're still they're fired. We're still mid twenties in the morning, and they're not gobbling yet. So we had a little cold front this morning, but we uh, I was out there both weekends, and I mean they were gobbling their freaking heads off. I was just like, oh man, but that's good. I've always found out that I have my best years when they're gobbling. I don't. Everyone's like they're gobbling early. I'm like they're really not though to to us because. Hens are usually, when season comes in, I'm usually catching hens on the nest, you know, and to me, that's, I, I think that that's fine because I think that, you know, by then they're starting to get that annoyance to the gobbler, the ones that have already had eggs and don't need to reproduce again. Obviously, I'm going down rabbit holes with that, but that's just from what I see here, um, when they're fired up like they are now, that mid-March, end of March is freaking awesome I, i'm not a well and beginner. anywhere I, I you were getting ready to say exactly what i was gonna say. <laughs> go go Any, for it man we just think we're all on the same track <laughs> yeah anywhere i've hunted i prefer mid to late season um i love early season because you'll, you'll see a lot of birds right but mid to late season when a lot of hens are laying um and, and on the nest you know that's just that's increasing your odds with those gobblers out looking and it seems to me like you can get a lot better run and gun situations. You can get, you can get some pretty exciting hunts late season. 
I had a guy, I help a lot of people finish their slam here, and uh, I had two guys come down and finish their slam last year, but one of them came down, and he's so used, he's from South Carolina, so he's used to calling birds, and them talking, and them coming in, and maybe putting up the strut, and I'm like, you know, here in Florida, they'll do that, but they do other stuff too, sometimes they'll just come in wanting to fight, um, you know, it really all depends on, on the situation, but last year, so the beginning of the season was absolute trash. I mean, there, there was, you had to buy a, a gobble, you know, it just wasn't happening. I'm like, what is going on? Um, couldn't buy anything. We ended up killing some, but it was, you know, it was almost a spot and stalk type scenario. Um, then setting up correctly, but in the season, oh my gosh, it was literally, I was letting birds walk, I'd already tagged out, had already helped other people, got a few kids on birds, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go out, and I was letting birds walk, and I'm like, this is this doesn't happen very often. See, we hunted Florida last year, and it was, um, I had to work trade show season, so I didn't make it to Florida until like April 4th, so it was later season, and the, the area I hunted, we hunted some pretty... Um, some pretty pressured turkeys and they were gobbling off the roost and we didn't hear gobbles at all during the day. I mean, both birds that we killed were the ones that came in silent that you never heard. Um, I guess it just all depends on the area you're in and what the, what the birds have seen that season, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're just like, I was telling that guy, I was like, dude, don't get flustered. Cause I'm like, that's just what they are here. It's a, it's a whole bag. It's Pandora's box. Sometimes they'll come in textbook. Sometimes they answer calls. I'm like, they just, they, you can't put these turkeys in. They do everything. That's just how Osceola's are. Sometimes they talk. I think they're silent for the most part. Everyone I talk to is like, oh, they were always gone. I'm like, but you also know how it is. Some days the birds are, are chirping and some days they're not. Um, so you know. one of my favorite things to do with pressured birds is I like to roost turkeys all, all season long if I have the opportunity to. But when I'm hunted a, hunting a pressured bird, that's when I really put my work into roost turkeys. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, daylight till dark. Um, when I'm hunting a bird that's pressured that they don't gobble a lot or I'm in an area that's been pressured and the birds are just quiet, it might be 20, 30 minutes after, after dark before you get them to gobble. Yeah. But um, I'll be running around with – a lot of people don't, don't use this method uh, or they use it wrong and it, it'll actually – hinder your opportunities but i use a lot of coyote calling at night and you know just getting that howl going you can get some shot gobbles from it oh okay now it's usually in the distance so once you get him once you get him gobbling in the distance now i'm closing the gap on him in the dead of night when it's dark you're closing the gap on this turkey and I'm trying to not pinpoint what ridge he's on. I usually try to pinpoint what tree he's in. Um, and it just really helps my success for the next day, but don't keep using the coyote call. Once you've used it once or twice off in the distance, if you were to blow it as you're going towards the turkey, he's going to naturally shut up. So that's when I'll switch to an owl hoot because you've already got the turkey on edge so now once you start hooting at him he's gonna he's gonna keep firing off for you yeah no that's i'm glad you mentioned that i um you know we do roost birds here and stuff but i i'm really close to gaff like that that's a that's a great tactic that's uh a first i've i've heard that thanks for sharing well you spend a little more time in the woods in the evening and you get you know that's an extra hour of sleep you're gonna lose but if you can get that one firing off and you can you can move in and, and, and pinpoint a pretty precise location where he's at 
that really increases your odds for the next morning. Right, right. No, for sure. Um, you know, and we, we never really seem to have too much of a issue having them obviously gobble at night here too. And, you know, actually our owls are always going off so much at night. Most of the time they will do that for you. So it's pretty cool hearing about the doing it with the coyote. You would think that they'd hear that and they wouldn't want to do it anyway. Well, that's just the shot gobble effect. You know, they gobble the crows and everything all day long. And it's, if you can get them shot gobbling, that's a great tactic to use. No, that's pretty solid. I'm I'm definitely ready. Uh, we're we're warming up, but like I said at the beginning, and it seems like you're the same. I just you'll see turkeys, but it's just that mid season. And then last year, last year was insane. It was I told people I'm like this might be the best end of the season I've ever seen. I mean, it'd be raining, you'd see fields of them, you know, and on all the properties we hunt. So you got a lot of big big public land. We do well. Eh, are big it's it's not i mean it's big enough that you can hunt it and and stuff all day and you know it'd be plenty of land in that sense but um we don't have huge tracks you know the biggest tracks are going to be your uh big cypress down south and then like ocala up a little bit up north and then like green swamp so those will be like your biggest ones um but i mean it's definitely big enough that you could hunt it in a weekend and not hit the same spot twice kind of thing And they shrink down real quick when there's 10 trucks in the parking lot, don't they? (laughs) Well, they do, but I'll be honest with you. um, And this is why I love doing this podcast because for the ones that listen to it, I feel like you get the the dessert before the dinner type thing. But people don't hunt them hard. You, you, You see it on Facebook and you hear about it, but I'm out there, man. You're out there. People are not hunting birds hard. They're, they're hunting till it's, till their stomach starts growling. And as soon as their stomach starts growling, cause they don't ate all their snacks, they're going to get up at 11 o'clock. You're going to hear their truck fire up and then they're going to be at the gate talking for an hour and then getting lunch. It's typically, that's what they're doing or they're riding the roads trying to catch one running across it. Um, most of the time when you're public land, that's what you're having. And even the really well managed WMAs like green swamp, they only have it open on the weekends. Well, I watch people. I'm a huge people watcher. Uh, I scout people more than I scout animals and I see it. They, they're very traditional and it's rare that I kill a bird in the morning. I'm a very big midday killer between 11 and two o'clock. That's when we're usually oh, yeah. killing birds here. They just one o'clock is normally when that hot time here. Like I will never leave the woods unless I have a, a prior engagement or something with work. Um, that's, so we talked about the ten o'clock gobble, and that's what I say is you've got the ten o'clock, and then you've got the one o'clock because now whatever research that bird's done, it's ten o'clock hour, and he might have might have uh, met up with a hen or two. Now he's looking back to, okay, where was that one at? Yep. And now it's about three hours later. But I got a quick story I can tell you. Yeah, on that. please, uh, please. People, people leaving the woods in the morning. So like I mentioned, Presley, my daughter, she started turkey hunting with me when she was five years old. And she's been hooked since. But as a reward, you know, when you kill a bird first thing in the morning and, and, and you're a little kid and it, you want to show people, right? right. So as a tradition, we just kind of, if she killed a bird right out the gate and, uh, we, we'd pack up, we'd hop in the truck and we'd head to waffle house, you know, um, go get breakfast. So she, she in her head always saw if I kill a bird early, we go to waffle house Well, she was about seven years old. And we walk into the local waffle house about nine 30 in the morning. And this is a shy kid that won't just talk to anybody. And there's these two guys in camouflage sitting at the table right where we walk in and 
Presley walks in the door and walks right over to their table. And she says, do you guys get a turkey? Because that's what Waffle House is. And um, they looked at her and said, no, little girl, we didn't. (laughs) And just without even thinking, I guess, she looks at him and she says, well, what are you doing here? And um, (laughs) I said, I'm sorry, excuse her, guys. You know, uh, she's pretty excited. Of course, they asked her if she got a bird, and then she got to go out to the truck and show it to them. But um, I like telling that story because just when people talk about leaving the woods, we know it is you just killed a bird. And a lot of guys, like you said, they, they're they going to pack up and leave once that 9 o'clock hour comes and that bird hadn't gobbled for an hour. You know, and I always support hunt how you want. That's definitely an abashed set. You're like, hunt how you want, whatever tickles your fancy. But if you want the best odds of success, it's that's typically the best way to do it. And, uh, you know, that's a that's a great story. It has me super excited to get my kid out. He's two, I mean, and he loves, I mean, he stops dead in his tracks if you're listening to a turkey video or someone's calling around practice. I mean, stops in his tracks and just so fascinated with it. Absolutely loves going out and, and watching them and, you know, I'll show them through the binoculars in the field, and and I definitely see it in them, even even a young. I'm hoping it sticks with them. We'll see, but um, I can't wait. And, and that feeling you're gonna get, you know, turkey's something that I think a lot of hunting's intimate, but turkey just has its own. Taking your kid out, you know, I always took other people's kids or cousins or, or friends or girlfriends or any, you know, it really anyone that wanted to go get a bird. To be honest with you, um, all you're doing is not pulling the trigger. You're doing really everything else for them most of the time. Yeah, so. when you're limited to one, two, three birds in your state, you know, you can fill your tags pretty quick, and then there's a lot of season left. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, absolutely get out there with anybody you can, but if you're listening, anybody out there, if you have the chance to educate a child and get them out in the woods, even if it's with their parents, without their parents, you know, practice with them before you go out. But if you can get a kid out in the woods, I mean, that's what this future future needs. Uh, we got to get these kids out hunting. Yeah, for sure. And, and like we you know, we had talked about this a, a little a few minutes ago, but I know people see like, oh, there's so many hunters, there's so many Facebook, there's so many of this, there's so many of that. And I'm like... It's just easier to see what's out there. There's really not more turkey hunters. There's not more hunters. I know, like, hunting's risen since the drop. You know, after COVID, it it obviously did rise. But people don't tell you the context of how it it rose. It rose because it was already a dip. It's not the most it's ever been. You know, back when my family was growing up, my dad wasn't even a hunter, and they had to hunt. It was, you were at least bringing squirrels home. You know, you better bring some food home. They grew up, you know, dirt poor in the mountains. So you, everyone was a hunter, even if you didn't want to hunt. Um, you know, now it's, it's uh, you know, people don't have to um, in a sense. So I think there is less hunters, and especially with turkey, you know, the conservation on them. Um, I know, like I said, we see it, but, you know, we can always use more in um, getting a kid out there. You know, if they don't like it, let them make that decision, but at least get them out there and, and show them and, and let them derive because – all hunting's different, but the thing about turkey hunting is, to, in my opinion, you either really like it or it's just one of those things where you do it during turkey season, you know? Well, and, and the good thing about, you know, yes, everything is growing and, and everything else, but the good thing about turkey hunting is the camaraderie effect, right? Like, when you're turkey hunting, you, you can sit with people, you can talk, um, you, don't, you don't want to be sitting in the woods yelling, but you get the camaraderie that you don't get when you're deer hunting. Right. And, you know, when we look at, at the population of the turkeys, yes, we're, we're in a dip and it's coming out. So most areas are coming out of 
that slow peak that we've been in and we're starting to get out of it. But, you know, as, as turkey hunters, we have to also protect our turkeys. And with the way that the forestry industry has changed and the way that development has changed, it's, it's, it's hurt our turkey habitat as far as there's a lot of thicker areas and the predator effect has, has taken a lot of turkeys over the years. So, you know, a turkey hunter now needs to be a trapper as well. And you need to be out getting your raccoons and your possums and everything else in the winter. Well, it gives you something else to do, but it, it's really helping protect the turkeys and, and these nest predators are the worst things for them. Yes, sir. They, they actually, it's crazy how you started talking about that. Cause this weekend we had our small game competition and, um, pretty much small game is everything but deer and Turkey here. Um, so hogs and otters, well, I actually took an otter. Um, it was in an area that I know a lot of hens nest. Um, I never shoot otters. I, you know, growing up people would trap them and stuff, but never, you know, I always videotaped them and kind of watch them and everybody's like, Oh, they're cute. Well, I started doing more research and where we live, um, otters, I mean, they are, they are eating turkey eggs left and right. Uh, people have come, you know, got them on trail cameras, eating them, um, you know, raiding turkey nest and, and all kinds of stuff. And, um, when I took it, I was actually at the check station talking to people and they were asking me they're like, well, why'd you do that? I'm like, well, cause no one else is. Um, no one's killed. We killed a raccoon. We killed an armadillo, a couple other things. And I'm like, no one's taking these animals that are in season. And I'm not saying go out there and mow down populations, but no one is hunting these. Um, you know, coon hunting isn't what it was back in the day. And, you know, you look at people, you know, put a bag of corn out and it'll tell you what your nest predator population is looking at. Absolutely. You know, if you want to know, just put one bag of corn in one location and you'll know within a day. Well, and the, and the thing about it is, you know, people people think, okay, we've got hens. All these hens are, are laying eggs. Well, I attended the, the NWTF symposium, which is where all the biologists and researchers and everything else meet every five years. Well, they had it right here in my hometown last year, so I attended it. And I think every every hunter, especially every turkey hunter, should have to attend such a thing because of the education you get and you see how hard they're working on conservation. But where I was going with that is I learned at that, that only 30 to 40% of hens even try to have a nest. And out of the ones that try to have a nest, 50% of the hens live. So the hens putting themselves in danger of their life when they commit to a nest to begin with. Well, now you start taking 30% of hens that have a nest and add nest predators to, to that that's why the turkey population has gone down for sure no it i, I agree with you it's um, not the hunters yeah i agree with you in that sense i it's it's not the hunters i think that we talked about this before to me i think it is fair if you're using a shotgun or a bow and they're coming in and you're not rifle hunting them in the states that you're legal to rifle hunt and to me i think that's fair i think both parties have just as much chance of being successful or surviving as the other um, but with those nest predators, that throws a huge wrench into it. We, that's something we've been pushing really hard is we've been really trying to um, almost put on a pedestal, predator hunting, nest predators, things like that, um, and showcasing it in a positive light. I actually have a write-up that I'm doing um, on taking this otter and why I did it. And um, you know what? It, it's, it's just education. It's just bulls down. Absolutely. So like you said, it's the education. And it, I think I agree with you. I think more people, I think if you're uh, really dedicated into turkey hunting, 
evening. Um, I think it's definitely something everyone should attend, uh, at least at least make a seminar. I mean, a lot of the times they'll have those. Well, they'll record them, and you can check them out after. So. Yeah, and they make books on them and CDs, and or not, I don't even say CDs anymore, but you know they have ways you can listen to them. But you know, it, it, yes, the turkey when you say has the chance. I mean, the turkey's got the upper hand on all of us. We know that. Um, but a lot of people also don't understand. Like, if it wasn't for conservation and it wasn't for what you know, you got these big companies like Mossy Oak and everything doing for the wild turkey, we wouldn't even have a turkey to hunt. And you know, we're hunting. For the most part, that's people are killing jakes, and I, I understand it. I'm not against it. If you got a first time hunter out there or somebody that doesn't have an opportunity to be in the woods a lot, absolutely shoot your jake. But if you're a, if you're a turkey hunter and you have more time in the woods, um, most of the guys are going after the longbeards. Well, a turkey only lives four or five years anyway, on in the wild. So we're 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 hunting mature birds. Um, so I don't, I don't feel bad at all about the chance of the turkey, but it's, it's, if we can help protect and save these nests, that's the biggest thing out there. For sure. Well, I'm really glad you brought that up. I know that wasn't a topic we had uh, put on there, but I'm really glad you, you brought us down that rabbit hole because um, not only to bring awareness to it, get out there. If you can't trap, um, plenty of other ways to do it. I can't trap in my state. You know what I do? I go to um, uh, Rural King. I spend 27 bucks, I think it is, on uh, the Humana cages. Um, and I get the Humana cages, and that's how I get the coons. You can legally do that. You just can't, you know, trap, you know, with you know, regular traps. So, so do you have to take and release them elsewhere or can you do away with them? So, um, as far as I've been told, um, I have a friend, he's a biologist. He told me that we could dispatch them, um, in the traps since the season was open. You can't do like the footholds. It, it has yeah. a list of them. It's footholds, snare, um, and I think that's, I, I don't want to put you on, on for saying something wrong. Oh no, wondering. you're, you're good. No. Um, I actually, uh, pretty much before I do most things, even before I took that auto this week and I'll be honest with you, I hurry up and pulled up my regs and I was like, let me just make sure I'm pretty sure, but let me make sure. Cause rules are always changing, but, um, no, you can, uh, when it comes to, uh, raccoons, um, now the other stuff you have to follow the season laws, um, but yeah, we can't do snares, footholds, and things like that. We can actually trap hogs too. Um, same deal, live traps, and then you can dispatch them at the trap. Well, and hogs are important. I mean, they just you know you get a what the damage they do to the crops and 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 woods and and nests and everything else. I mean, I, I don't have them in my area. As of yet, they're uh, they're creeping into North Carolina, but we we get the chance to go down to South Carolina and hunt them, and what a blast that is! Yeah, they they definitely are. I I love hunting them, and guess what? They're a nest predator too. You know, they right. actually are the best nest predator because they're I don't know what it is, so don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure they can they can smell. It's like a couple feet in the ground, um, so they they can smell that turkey egg as soon as that thing comes out. If they're in the area and most of my turkeys where we hunt full of hogs, the turkeys try to get away from them, but you know, turkeys here like rivers and hogs like rivers. So it's kind of, well, that's the other, the other side of, you know, what has changed over the years is, you know, back in the day when there was logging and building, you know, the first thing that companies had to do is go in and burn your underbrush so they could get to the logs and the trees but with the forestry equipment nowadays, they, they don't have to do so. So you have a lot thicker um, areas 
Well, and that's what, you know, a turkey, it takes three or four steps for it to get up in flight. So when it's thick, it doesn't take anything for a predator to take one down. Yeah, for sure. Well, but yeah, we're coming up on turkey season. That's what we gotta get all get excited about. Oh man, so. I can't, I can't wait. I'm super excited. I'm already, uh, I start scout, scout year round, but this is the time where, like I said, I get out there and, and pretty much I'm turkey scouting with a rifle on my back. You know, in case I see a hog, is in a sense that's what I'm doing, um, and I do that all of February into March. Um, and then ready to get out there. So, um, Pat, we're coming up on about an hour here. Um, I did have one last question for you here. And after I ask this, feel free if there's anything else you want to throw in, go for it. Um, I'm also going to get you to uh, uh, shout out all your credentials so that we can add that to the show notes. But um, as far as what the future is looking like for Newcomb Blind, um, you guys are going to continue, obviously, going down the track you're going down. But um, y'all have some more. Th- I guess what's the future look like for Newcomb is the best way to put it. So the best way to put it is we're still in the beginning stages because we're only a couple years in. So I haven't hit the the mass market yet. You know, I still meet a lot of people that have never heard of us. So for the near future, we're, we're educating the market and we're trying to get our name out there. Um, we're trying as far as 24 and 25 go, we're, we're trying to get in more stores so you guys can get your hands on these around where you live. We're just in some small shops right now, you know, across the country, but we're trying to get this thing pushed out into more stores so you can go get your hands on them. Um, we've got some exciting things that will be in the pipeline down the line um, once people really understand our products and what, what they are and how mobile they are and everything else. But as for the near future, we don't plan on really releasing anything big. Um, we're just really going to start pushing this new stuff that we've got and and educate the market but you know at the end of the day what we're looking for is you guys everybody out there in the woods that's hunting to to give it a shot and and know that there's a different way than just sitting in one spot all day for sure no that's that's man i'm excited i'm excited to see where y'all go um obviously i'm i'm literally filling up a cart i'm gonna give it a shot myself um a lot of the times when i do get uh someone on a podcast i've usually tried their products and i'm i'm gonna be honest i haven't tried yours yet but i did got to i did get to see it this weekend and i got to see it in action um he ended up killing a pig so um i'll definitely get that information over to you so that you guys can chat a little bit um but um Check them out, Newcomb Blinds, and Pat, your last name's Newcomb. I love the play on words there. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but... <laughs> oh, it, it definitely was. It's a little bit different, but... Uh... Oh, I love it, man. I love that. And um, give our uh, give our listeners, I guess, uh, what's the best way to reach you or, you know, th- your website? Is it social? So, so on, on all our social media, uh, it's Newcomb, N-U-K-E-M, Newcomb Hunting. Uh, social media online is NewcombHunting.com. Get on there, check out our website. Um, I'm gonna throw out a discount code here for everybody. It's Nukem Free. Um, so just type in Nukem Free in your discount code there, and I'll get you a little bit of a little bit of savings. And you know, get on the website, check them out. Social media guys, get the blinds, hit us up. We'd love to see you guys out in the field with them. Um, I'd like to get some video content and pictures of everybody out there hunting this spring. Appreciate it, man. Well, <clears throat> I'm gonna get you. I'll get you some stuff um, for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna get one for this turkey season. I actually have a couple people coming down, and <clears throat> the parties are a little bit bigger than tip normal. So I'm I'm gonna need to utilize this tool to to help us a little bit in some blind areas. But 
Um, really appreciate you jumping on, Pat. I'm sure that this isn't going to be the last time we're going to talk. Um, we'll definitely get together, especially when you drop some new stuff. Um, but uh, really excited to have you on and really excited to, to give this a shot and hopefully help me to be a little bit more hidden and, and mobile here. Absolutely. If anybody listening, you know, check out the events page on our website. You can you can come see us at a show where we've still got several shows left. So come get your hands on them. Come say hi. I'd like to meet you in person. We can always talk turkey hunting, deer hunting, whatever you want. <laughs> Love it, man. Love it. Well, that's Pat Newcomb with Newcomb Blinds, and uh, y'all are listening to Hunt Link by Servicehide.